You know, I really think uh, having goals is important in your life. I've taught about that and talked about that quite a bit and how to achieve those goals. And, you know, it's kind of a popular thing in, uh, in our world right now. You know, people talk about their goals and everything and, and, even, and maybe not just even in, but especially in sometimes, sometimes in Christian circles. But a lot of the time it seems like that our focus on goals ends up being too earthly, that too much of the time our goals are focused on earthly things. And, you know, I just want to start off with this tonight. And what, what is the goal for a true follower of Christ? Now, it's got to be more than just not going to hell and making heaven. I mean, I guess that could be a goal, but that, that's accomplished when you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Amen? Yeah. So uh, hopefully it's beyond that. But, you know, it's not even just about, uh, or shouldn't be, just about what we can achieve in this life. You know, it's certainly important that we fulfill the purpose of God, the call of God in our life, and finish everything that He has for us to do. Yes, yes. But I just want you to hear this now. All of those other goals fall into place in the right order and the right way. If we get this one thing, that a real follower of Jesus Christ, our goal is to be like Jesus. That's what we really want. That's the way it should be. I mean, Jesus said it this way in Luke 6, 40. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And I just want to say none of us has arrived, right? But we're all learning, hopefully. I mean, you know, we haven't arrived, but we've left, we've started. And uh, here's an interesting thought, though. He said they will be perfectly trained. You know, when one is perfectly trained, then he's like his teacher, Here's a kind of a different perspective on the Christian life. We're in training. We're in training for what? To be like our teacher, to be more and more like Jesus. And I, I just want to put this out there because, you know, I think that um, some decades ago, <laughs> yeah, you get talked that way when you're my age. Some decades ago, it was more of a thing. And people talked about this desire and wanting to be more like Jesus. And it seems to kind of waned away. It's just not as popular as it once was. Well, I want to bring it back. This, this is what we've been called to. This is what the, the ultimate goal in our life is, is that we become more and more like our Savior. You know, I read in Romans 8, 29, that he who, he, he who foreknew also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. See, God has this plan that we're going to be conformed into the image of Jesus. He's the firstborn among many brethren. Do you know God's got a whole lot of sons and daughters? That's you and me, everybody that's been born of the Spirit. We're born of God. But we're supposed to be being conformed into the image of Jesus. Now, you know, we certainly know that that's not going to be complete until we see him. 
And I love this, these two verses from 1 John 3, 2 and 3. He says, we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. We're going to be changed. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. See, if that is something that we really look forward to and we're, you know, we long for that day. It's not something that we're just waiting on to happen, but it's something that we're pursuing after our, in our life. Everybody that has this hope purifies himself. You see, we're, we want to be more like Jesus every day. Now, I got to tell you, uh, it seems like the longer I go in this journey, sometimes the further I feel and, and I think part of that is just because it's the more that I realize, you know, it's the more I become self-aware, you know. It, it's not that I'm getting further away from the goal, but I just realize more and more how far I got to go. You know, I thinking about this, I was thinking about, you know, one of the times that I struggle with my attitudes and, you know, when I drive and DFW. It's kind of a thing. I mean, I, I don't have this problem when I lived out in the sticks, but in DFW, oh man. I mean, I don't want y'all to misunderstand me. You know, I'm not shaking my fist at people, cussing people out. You know, I'm just talking about them under my breath, you know, but my attitude's not right, you know, and I'm thinking, Lord, you didn't ever have to drive. <laughs> You know, be a lot more like Jesus. He didn't ever have to drive. But then I remember there is that one time in the Bible that it says that he drove them out. <laughs> he drove, see, that junket. I don't really think that's what's that about. But, and then I had this thought, too, that, you know, there's a way for me to solve this issue. You will be like Jesus. Well, Jesus walked everywhere he went, so that wasn't a problem. And I'm going to learn how to drive and act like Jesus. I'm just saying, but listen, all joking aside, if the true followers of Jesus, we ought to want to be more like him. And I know some of you might be thinking, well, I'm just trying to be a little bit better me, but I want you to know and want to encourage you in this, that God's got more for you than just being a better you. No, he wants to mold and shape your life change who you are. See, this is what it is all about, being a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I mean, the apostle Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. See, this is the way it's supposed to be, is that we're supposed to be letting Jesus live in us, being more and more like him all the time. Years ago, there was a phrase that became really, really popular, what would Jesus do? And it, it was a phrase that is taken from a book called In His Steps, but uh, it became so popular some years ago. I don't know how many of you remember this, but people were wearing wristbands with WWJD on it and they had bumper stickers with WWJD. And, you know, it's kind of like nowadays people wear crosses that aren't even Christians. And it seemed like people had WWJD on stuff that, man, they, I don't know if they're Christian, but they sure wasn't living for God. You know what I'm saying? But here's, here's what that was really all about. What 
what would Jesus do? What was, this is what that was about. It was about not just reacting to life, not just being, you know, acting just like anybody else, a carnal person, but instead it was about pausing and thinking about what would Jesus do in this situation? What would Jesus do? I'm talking to this person. What would Jesus say? And, and you see, it, it's, it's about that process of stopping, thinking, asking yourself, what would Jesus do? I think that whole move of WWJD kind of took away a little bit from the the message of it actually because it just became a thing in and of itself. But if you go back to the simple principle of thinking about what would Jesus do, it's really life-changing. And, and here's why it's so life-changing. is because when we change the way we think, it changes our life. It changes how we treat people. It changes the way we talk. It changes everything. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's not talking about a passing thought. It's not just something that popped into your mind, but as he thinks in his heart, you know, it's those thought patterns and the way that you think, the things you dwell on, the thoughts that you entertain. And I just want you to realize this, that the way we think has everything to do with whether or not we act like Jesus, whether or not we're becoming more like Jesus. Because if we're, if our thinking is all messed up and we're thinking wrong, I'm just telling you we're going to end up acting wrong. We're not going to act like Jesus if our minds are heading the wrong direction. So it's so powerful if we just ask ourselves, what would Jesus do in this situation? And if we want to be like Jesus, we're going to have to learn to think like Jesus. You want to be a true Christian, a disciple of Jesus, want to uh, be more like Jesus? I'm telling you, learn to think more like Jesus. I want you to think about this. See, right now, we're, I said think. I want you to think about this. I hope that I'm changing some thinking tonight. I hope that you're thinking a different direction. I hope your mind hadn't wandered off. Just remember, some people's did that and never came back. So don't be going there. Listen, Jesus didn't come to teach a new religion, but he did teach. In fact, he taught all the time. Most people don't realize, but if you go by what is recorded in Scripture... Jesus taught more than he did anything else. It's recorded in Scripture more times than any other single thing that he did that he taught. He taught. He taught. In fact, uh, Jesus says in John 13, 13, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. And throughout his ministry, he teaches everywhere he goes. Here's a quick look through Mark's gospel and uh, you're not going to have time to turn there, but we'll see. We'll see if y'all keep up with me at the screen back there. Okay, here we go. Mark 121. 
Then they went into Capernaum immediately on the Sabbath. He entered the synagogue and taught, Mark 2.13. He went out again by the sea and all the multitudes came to him and he taught them, Mark 6.6. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching, Mark 8.31. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, Mark 9.31. He taught his disciples and said to them, Mark 10.1, he arose from there and came to the region of Judea by the other side of the Jordan and multitudes gathered to him again. And as, as he, he was accustomed, he taught them again. Mark 11.17, then he taught them saying to them. Mark 12.35, then Jesus answered and said, while he taught in the temple. So just how often did Jesus teach? I'm so glad you asked that. He tells us himself when they came to arrest him in the garden, Mark 4:49. He says, I was daily with you in the, in the temple teaching and you did not seize me. How often? He says daily. Daily I was teaching. Why did he teach every day? Because he's teaching a new way of life. Not just a religion, he's teaching a new way of life. He's teaching them to think differently. And if we're going to be like Jesus, we've got to learn to think like Jesus. You know, one of the ways that we can learn to think like Jesus is to learn what he taught. Because <laughs> he thought what he taught. That's right. He thought what he taught. And if we learn what he taught, we can start to learn to think like he thinks. You see, a lot of people today, you, you use the word learn in conjunction with Christianity, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, we don't need that old school stuff. We just got lazy. We need to learn the words of our Savior. We need to learn his teachings and his ways and the way he thought. And oh my goodness, it's all through the Gospels. You know, several times in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this, these two phrases about different teachings. He says, you have heard it said, but I say to you, what's he doing? He's saying, you've always thought this way. You've heard it said, but I say to you, he's getting them to think a different way. He's telling them now, you know, this is what you thought before, what you were told was right. You've heard that this was said, but I'm telling you, he's changing it. He's changing their minds about some things. But it's not just when he said, you've heard it said, but I say to you, so much of the teaching of Jesus was radical. It was revolutionary. You know, somebody demands that you go with them one mile, you go with them two. Different way to think. Somebody smites you on the one cheek, you turn to them the other cheek also. I mean, craziness, Right? But you see, Jesus was changing their minds and it's supposed to change our minds too. Things like love your enemies. You see, you start getting that down in your thought patterns, not just a passing thought, you heard it or you, you know, yeah, everybody knows that. You start getting it down in your heart where it becomes the way that you think to love your enemies. 
It'll change you. It'll, start, it'll make you start acting like Jesus towards your enemies. But Jesus didn't just try to fill people's minds with religious knowledge. He taught people in order to change their lives. How's it changed their lives? By changing the way they think. When you change the way you think, it transforms your life. I'm just leaving that there. Well, some of you judging me saying that preacher, he's just gone off the deep end because I'm going to get you now. <laughs> Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How's that happen? By the renewing of your mind. We're talking about transform. This is a radical metamorphosis. Transform, not a little change. You know, get me some religion and going to... Hope he'd make me a little better. No, we're talking about radical change. And how's this happen? The renewing of your mind. Now, when you got born again, you were born of God. Your spirit is born of God. It's good. But most of us, unless we got some kind of miraculous healing or something, you didn't get a new body. We'll get that one day. We'll get a glorified body. But you didn't get a new body when you got saved. You got the same old body. I mean, if you had an extra 25 and you got saved, you still got an extra 25. You know what I'm saying? Getting a little thin on top. Some of us are in denial about that silver coming in. Told Heather, we got to make these lights a little more amber. True story, right, Heather? <laughs> Man, Lord, have mercy on me tonight. Help me. But you didn't get a new body and you didn't get a new brain. The Lord didn't, oh, that dirty, filthy thing, throw that away. Here's a new one, brand new, clean. Didn't happen that way. Now, I'm just telling you that Certainly, when you got saved, hopefully you were thinking some right things. I mean, that's part of how you got saved. You're like, yeah, I'm going to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And sure, you had some things going the right way there. But I'm just telling you that if you had a brain full of all kinds of junk, there's still a lot of junk in there. And you're going to have to renew your mind. The Word of God is able to save your soul. That's what James says, and it's not talking about being born again. It's talking about your mind, will, and emotions. And I'm just saying to you, we're supposed to renew our minds. And what happens? You're transformed. That's how we can be so different from the world around us. We don't act like the world anymore. We don't talk like the world anymore. We act, we talk more and more like Jesus. How's that happen? Being, we're renewing our minds and our lives are transformed. Jesus said, we're in this world, but we're not of it. We're not of it. We're, we're not supposed to think the way the world thinks. Can't think with a carnal mind, a natural, just the old way, and be like Christ. No, we got to be spiritually minded. In Romans chapter 8, it talks about us being spiritually minded. It's life and peace. To be carnal minded 
is death. And you're, you're at odds with God. You're at enmity with God when you have a carnal mind. So we got to have a spiritual mind. We got to get our thoughts right. And, you know, I, I want you to know tonight, I'm not talking about just knowing what the Bible says. I mean, there's a whole lot of people that acquire a head knowledge of the Bible and yet they don't have a heart knowledge and it never changes their life. There are people that study the scripture and yet act like the devil. So it takes more than just a mere head knowledge of it. Second Timothy 3, 7, uh, Paul warns people about this. He says, some are always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's amazing. They're always learning. See, you, you can have lots of IQ and lots of degrees, but still be dumb. But we're not just talking about learning religion and doctrine. We're talking about learning from Jesus. We're talking about learning how to live His way. Talking about learning to be like Him. How wonderful it must have been for the disciples to be with Jesus every day and to learn from Him. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean... What about us, Lord? But when Jesus is getting ready to leave, he tells the disciples, the one who's with you will be in you. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And that wasn't just for the disciples, it's for every one of us. He hasn't left us. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's still with us. He's not just with us. He's in us. In the person of the Holy Spirit. And we need to understand that we can learn from Jesus. We can learn from the Holy Spirit just like the disciples learned from Jesus. By the way, it's John 14, 17. He, he dwells with you and will be in you. John 14, 26, Jesus says this, talking about the Holy Spirit, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. He will teach you all things. He'll teach you everything that you need. That's amazing. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. We need to be teachable. And here's what that means. We need to be ready and willing to learn. I don't know about you. Sometimes I wasn't a good student. I mean, I wasn't real bad, but I just got bored and I was thinking about why aren't I outside playing football? But I just want to tell you as a believer... We need to always be ready and willing that we want to learn. Because we have a teacher in the Holy Spirit. And he knows how to, he said he'll teach us all things. I mean, he knows everything. He knows what you should do in that situation. And anything he can't teach you. He can teach you how to encourage others. He can teach you how to be merciful and kind to those that don't deserve it. He can teach you how to share the Lord with somebody. He can teach you how to be a good husband, how to be a good parent. He can teach you how to handle your money. There's not anything the Holy Spirit can't teach you. 
Whatever we need to know, whatever the Lord wants us to do, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit can teach us. Jesus said also, the Holy Spirit can bring to remembrance all the things that he said to you, all the things that he said to them. And, you know, he says this to the disciples, but it's still true for us. The things that we have learned when we hear the word or we read the word, it is amazing how the Holy Spirit at just the right time when you need it, he brings that scripture back up for that situation that you're in. You know, back years and years ago, like 300 years ago, when I was the youth pastor at Grace, I had uh, these Bible quiz teams. And the amazing thing about that was it wasn't the competition. It was that it was a great way to get God's word into God's kids and God's kids into God's word. And, but I had over and over and over, they testified later as they grew up about how the verses that they learned in Bible quiz in life, those verses would pop up when they needed it. That's the Holy Spirit. But I want to tell you something. He doesn't promise that he's going to magically pop up verses that you never learned or never heard or never read. See, he's our teacher, but we got to be willing to learn. We got to want to learn. You know, the world says you can't fix stupid, right? But the scripture says that his word can make wise the simple. His word can make us wiser than our teachers. You see, how does that happen? Because the Holy Spirit illuminates. The Holy Spirit gives us understanding of truths about life and about dealing with people and money and whatever else what we need, he can teach you, Jesus said, all things. Amazing. Now here's a different perspective on the scripture. The Holy Spirit can show us things in the scripture that'll help us be more like Jesus. See, when you're reading the Bible, it's not just about, you know, putting in your devotional time. It's about, Lord, what is there here that you want to show me to think differently? What is there here that I need to change so I can be more like Jesus? But the Holy Spirit gives us understanding about spiritual things that the natural mind just can't get. And we need to know this. 1 Corinthians Chapter 2, 13 through 16, these things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Which the Holy Spirit teaches. The Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You see, without the help of the Holy Spirit, you just can't get it. This is why insincerity and hypocrisy just doesn't work with the things of God. It's not for pretenders. It's for sincere people that really want the Lord and really want to learn. And the Holy Spirit will help us to learn. 
Verse 15, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For he who has the mind of the Lord that he may, or who has the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, listen, but we have the mind of Christ. Now, I've got to tell you, I've heard this one phrase pulled out and used it, abused all kinds of ways. I've heard people say, we have the mind of Christ. That means we know everything. We know everything God knows. No, you don't. How many hairs do I have on my head? He knows. He knows everything. But when he says we have the mind of Christ, the apostle Paul is talking about that with the help of the Holy Spirit, you see, we can know the things that we need to know. He can give us insight and instruction and help us in everything that we're doing. You know, in this passage, he's saying that old carnal mind, the natural way of thinking just won't work. But the Holy Spirit gives us what we need so that we can understand, so that we can learn, we can grow. Listen, it's not automatic. That's another error I've heard sometimes. They just act like it's automatic. We just have the mind of Christ. No, it's not automatic. Read the very next verse. The very next verse. Chapter 3, verse 1, he starts telling these people that they are carnal, mere babes in Christ, because there's divisions among them. I mean, he's letting them have it. Is Christ divided? They didn't have the mind of Christ. They're trying to divide Christ. And I'm just telling you, for us, the mind of Christ is not automatic, but it's available to us if we listen to the Spirit if we're willing to learn and if we're sensitive to him and we let him lead and guide us, we can have the mind of Christ and know what we're supposed to do. I mean, it's not automatic. It's not real hard to figure this out. Anybody here, you know somebody that doesn't have the mind of Christ? Anybody here ever have some thoughts that you're like, that's not the mind of Christ? Yeah, but we can have the mind of Christ. We choose to think the way Jesus would think. We choose to allow the Holy Spirit to help us to do that. And listen, and we choose to get rid of the thoughts that are not from the mind of Christ. Second Corinthians 10, 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You got some thoughts that Jesus wouldn't be thinking you take them captive. You say, I'm not going to think that way. Just stop yourself. Change the way you think. Kick it out. You know, when Jesus forgives the sins of a paralytic man, the teachers of the law, they begin to judge and criticize. And by the way, there's still a lot of religious people spend way too much of their thought life critiquing and judging other people. And Jesus was never like that. In, the, in Matthew 9, 4, it says, knowing their thoughts, Jesus knew their thoughts. He said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Now, here's what I got to say about that. You can't control whatever thoughts pop into your head, but you don't have to open the door and say, come on in and entertain Kick them out. Shut that door. 
I mean, you don't, you don't have to allow that to go on in your mind. And if you're going to have the mind of Christ, if you're going to think the way Jesus thinks, you're going to have to refuse to entertain evil thoughts. We spend way too much time thinking about ourselves. You know, Jesus didn't do that. He thought about other people all the time. In fact, when he thought about himself, it was about other people. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. I mean, when he talked about himself, it was in relation to other people. And I didn't come to be served, but to serve. These are the kinds of things that he said about himself. And I just, I just tell you, see, we learn to think like Jesus. It's life-changing. So much of being more like Jesus, really, it comes down to being, well, it comes down to how we treat people, how we relate to people. Matthew 9, 35 and 36 says this, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary, scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. He saw the multitudes. He was moved with compassion. Are we? We need to ask ourselves, do I really care? Am I moved with compassion when I look at the lost, those that are away from God, those that have messed up their lives? Am I moved with compassion? Or do I think they get what they deserve? Their life's messed up? Well, that's their own mess. There's so much mean-spirited judgment in our world. Where's that start? In the mind in the thought life. Jesus said, don't judge. Don't even think it. I mean, Jesus, when he goes to the cross, what was he thinking? He's thinking about you and me. He was thinking about fulfilling the Father's will and saving you and me. You know that old song... When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Yeah. He taught love and he thought love. John 15, 13, he said, Greater love is no man than this to lay down his life for his friend. I want to tell you, love is so often talked about but so seldom carried out because even though people know it, they don't think about it enough to really get it down in their heart and change their life and live it out in real everyday life situations. See, Jesus thought a lot about forgiveness. You know how I know that? Because he taught it all the time. Again and again and again, he teaches on forgiveness. You want to be more like Jesus? Learn to think forgiveness. It's the way he thought. I mean, he's on the cross. He says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. This is the way he thought. You can, be, you can be more like Jesus, but you won't have to change the way you think. And the more we do that, the more we become like him. But so much of Jesus' teaching, the way he thought, was a reverse from the way the world thinks.
I mean, he says things like, well, the world says if you want to be the leader, you need to, you need to speak up. You need to assert yourself. You need to toot your horn. I mean, you know, Jesus says the one that would be the leader is the servant of all. I'll tell you, we need that kind of thinking in the body of Christ. I've joked about this before. It's actually kind of true. I try not to be this way, but I ain't got much respect for preachers that ain't never cleaned the church toilets. In case you're wondering, every, every guy that works on staff here, they've cleaned the church toilets. It's part of the training. But here's what I know. The way Jesus thought was so different than the way we think unless we intentionally decide we want to be more like him and we're going to learn from him. I want to remind you, Jesus said, learn from me. The God of the universe came as a man and served and died on a cross. Philippians 2, 5 through 8, let this mind be in you, this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Let this mind be in you. Here he is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is the Word made flesh who dwelt among us, and he humbled himself, took on the appearance of a man, a servant, and he humbled himself and was obedient unto death, the death of a cross. And we know that's not the end of the story. God has given him a name above every name. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And at his name, every knee is going to bow and every tongue confess. Amen. But let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. I'm going to wrap this up, but let me just give you a couple of things here. See, the world says, get all you can. Jesus says, give and it shall be given unto you. Totally different way of thinking, I'm telling you. The world says you got to chase after stuff or you'll never have enough. But Jesus says that our Father knows the things we have need of before we even ask. And he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Jesus always thinks faith. He says all things are possible with God. Jesus never thinks that's too hard. That's too late. It's too far gone. Jesus never thinks that way. Why do we? I'm just telling you, and if we learn to think more like Jesus, it, it not only makes us more like Jesus, that's, it's freeing, it's liberating, it's awesome. The world says, it's over. Jesus says, only believe. If you really want to be more like Jesus, think more like Jesus.
you can have the mind of Christ. Listen to that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Let him guide you into truth. He'll teach you what you need to know. Take control of your thought life. Take your thoughts captive. Make them obedient to Christ. Kick out the stuff that Jesus wouldn't think. We can more and more be like Jesus. I just encourage you in your Bible reading and as you're, you know, having your devotional time with the Lord. It's not just about you, your prayer request. It's not just about you, you know, getting something that comforts you or helps you about this or that. It's also about you changing the way you think and becoming more and more like Jesus. Stand with me. We're going to pray.